you have to design culture, mm. right? And you have to be really intentional about the culture that you want. Yeah. And you have to also be brutally honest about the culture that you currently have. What I see is most, and this is why we built AIM, the maturity model, right? What I see is most organizations not really being clear enough and having real clarity and visibility on the culture that they currently have. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it might be, it's a bad culture or, a, or an amazing culture, but whatever the culture is. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Glad you could join me again. Hope you're having a great week out there. My guest today is Chris Beswick, and Chris has been with us previously. And if you haven't heard those episodes, I certainly encourage you to go back and and listen to those. But Chris and I touched base recently and kind of just checked in, see how things were going. And we thought it'd be great to chat again, especially because we have so many new listeners that may not be familiar with Chris and, and some of the things he's got to say. So Chris is recognized globally as a thought leader on innovation strategy, leadership, and culture. And I really want to stress those last two, tremendous knowledge and experience. He's a pioneer in the field of measuring corporate innovation maturity which is really exciting because nowadays you hear more and more that innovation is maturing and maybe innovation is finally getting to the level of, of, of maturity definition that it, that it needs. It's not a side business. He's a co-author of a book, Building a Culture of Innovation, which is a really great book. He's a business school adjunct faculty member and a board advisor at the Innovators Collab and the Global Innovation Institute. And last but not least, he's also the co-founder of the innovation advisory firm named Outcome. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Paul. A pleasure, as always. Yeah, glad you joined me again. Remind yeah. everybody where you're from, where you're joining us from. For listeners that don't know the intimate geography of, um, of, of the UK, <laughs> it's always easier for me to say I'm based, I'm in London. The reality <laughs> is I'm about... 25 minutes just north of London. But if I tell you the town, all people around the world go, where's yeah. that? It means nothing. But if right? you don't so, tell the town yeah. and you say London, then all the locals are going to say, ah, come on. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, I live in a tiny little town called Hitchin, which is about 25 minutes on the train outside London. There we go. So, there we go. There we go. So, you know, Chris, We've been having some really good conversations lately about leadership and culture, and it would be great just to start off with kind of your thoughts on what you've been seeing lately, the challenges, the opportunities, kind of a state of play of, of, of especially culture and innovation, just, uh, just to hear your kind of general thoughts on where things are at. Yeah. So... The conversations that we're having, so, so myself and Dan, who, who, who run Outcome, for anyone that doesn't know, I, I co-founded Outcome with Dan Toma, who most people know the corporate startup. Um, so Dan and I run Outcome, and we what we've really noticed this this year specifically, and I'm not saying it just started this year, but there seems to be more discussion around this, is about the whole innovation system approach that organizations 
are really thinking about taking now. And I'm not I'm not saying that organizations haven't taken a, a system right. style approach, but there's real the conversations we're having now are becoming really granular about and about the acknowledgement, I think is probably the best word, the acknowledgement by senior teams that some parts of that system haven't been given the attention proportionate to the other parts of the system. Therefore, there's now an imbalance. So in that sort of agile way of developing these things, some parts of the system are less mature than 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 others. And it's now becoming evident that that's why the innovation system as a whole and capability and all those things isn't where organizations really need it to be because they're recognizing that the system, like an engine, needs all of the components to work in harmony and at the same pace and at the same level of maturity. And predominantly, as you mentioned at the start, we're really talking about leadership and culture and they're macro titles, but yeah. in general, leadership and culture being the parts of the system that haven't had as much attention as the process and strategy and governance and things like that. And tools, um, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, processes, tools, frameworks, canvases, you know, the, the, the tool set and then the strategic bit, the direction and the governance in terms of, well, how are we how are we measuring it? What's a venture board setup look like? But there's real recognition. We have we've just finished a program with a client specifically on this. We've got three conversations now with new clients around the world where this is a really recognized issue that they know they now have. So it's great that they've recognized the the couple of parts of the system that aren't there. They want to do something about it because predominantly it's a leadership issue. You know, mm-hmm. the leadership and the culture bit is a leadership issue. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, I, that's what we're seeing. That's what we've noticed, certainly this right. year. Yeah. I think when I use the term innovation is maturing at the early intro, it is these kind of things. It's these these new I'm feeling the same. The companies I talk to, you just feel this this, you know, we're moving beyond. We're looking more at innovation as a system. So so I agree with what you're saying. We just don't talk enough about leadership and culture. They're so key. Yeah. When you start with leadership, you know, I, I just give your thoughts on whose responsibility is that? Because we can all say, well, it's the responsibility of C-suite. But that sometimes mm-hmm. just doesn't help us move forward if the C-suite is disconnected or maybe they are connected. Or How do you deal with that? Yeah. So we've got this dilemma with a client at the moment. and and. I won't name the client, but the, the the conversation is like, how far up and who do we need to engage to make this stick, to bring it alive on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. And the reality is, you know, sometimes you don't, you know, there's all there's, there's lots of false narrative about it must be owned by the yes. CEO and things like that, right? And yeah. the reality is that's utopia. You know, if you can get any organization where the CEO is, the absolute standout champion of innovation on a day-to-day basis, amazing. Really pragmatic about it. All that you don't want is your CEO to be opposed to innovation or or neutral, right? Um, (laughs) Because what you actually need for innovation to come alive in an organization 
doesn't necessitate the CEO to, to, to spearhead everything. What we talk about is we use the language of ownership. So what I would talk about with a client is who and where does the ownership of innovation need to be? And it's different for every organization. Yes, and in some organizations, that has to be C-suite. It's got to be the board. And then in other organizations, it can be the CEO and the C-suite and the board saying to the next layer down, like, here's your mandate, right? We're going to give you ownership of all this. You've got our absolute sponsorship. Like, we're absolutely behind you. We're going to put everything in place for you, but we want you to own yeah, it. And it yeah. all depends on the complexity of an organization. But if people listening ask themselves in their organization, where does the specific word is ownership of the innovation yeah. agenda? Where does that need to sit for it to come alive? And what I mean yeah. by ownership is who's going to make sure that everything is in place? Like, And I mean real ownership, like everything is in place for innovation to become a genuine, viable growth engine for the organization. So taking complete ownership of that, of figuring out where that needs to sit is the important thing. And some organizations are really surprised at actually how low down that that can be. So it doesn't mean that there's no support above, but right. it's what your CEO and the board are not going to do is is rework strategy. They're not going to put funding in, you know, they might sign off budget, but they're not going to manage that. Yeah. Um, right. And then the second question is, and again, this is different for every organization. We fundamentally believe that one of the other false narratives has been, and people have talked about this for years and years, is innovation top down or bottom up? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and our belief through everything we've seen and all the methodologies that we now put into practice is that it's middle out. So the key question really is, if you determine where ownership of the innovation agenda needs to sit, yeah. the real key question then is, how does that layer then, the key word we use is enable the center of the organization to and the language is, is drive innovation on a day-to-day -day basis. So bring it alive. Because the reality is whether you have senior directors, the exec, the board, the CEO, wherever the ownership sits, the reality is it will always migrate down to the middle to be executed. Yeah. So what's really important is figuring out who, the, where that management layer is that is responsible for bringing innovation alive on a day-to-day -day basis and then figuring out whether is the ownership directly above them? Is it two layers above them? Where, where does it sit? That's how we would tackle it in an organization. Uh, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I'm glad I asked the question. That's just, yeah. uh, that's really great. Now, so if, if the question of innovation being top down or bottom up or middle out as it should be, as you said, how would you answer that for culture? Is culture top down, bottom up, middle out? Yeah, good question. So you have to design culture, mm. right? And you have to be really intentional about the culture that you want. Yeah. And you have to also be brutally honest about the culture that you currently have. 
what I see is most of, and this is why we built AIM, the maturity model, right? What I see is most organizations not really being clear enough and having real clarity and visibility on the culture that they currently have. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it might be, it's a bad culture or, a, or an amazing culture, but whatever the culture is. And when you then start to try and embed innovation into that as a core component of that culture, there will inevitably be blockers and enablers to innovation, sure. to high performance and, you know, things like yeah. low psychological safety, you know, whatever the components are, there will be blockers and there will be enablers. What we've seen, where we see organizations going wrong is when they're trying to transform in pursuit of innovation. Where we see things going wrong is not enough clarity on what is what is blocking, and it could be subconsciously, but what is, what's blocking innovation, but what's also there that could really supercharge and enable innovation. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no real sense of well, which levers do we pull and what's the cause and effect? If we do this, actually, is there a blocker there that we didn't know about that's constantly fighting against us trying to do this? And similarly, well, if we want to do this, you know, there could be a real enabler that we just not even aware of that we could tap into. So really understanding current culture is is really important. And then being really intentional about the design of the future culture. So if, you know, again, in the context of innovation, if we then want to either add innovation into an organization that it's not there or whether we want to increase innovation capability and scale it across the business, be really intentional about how that's done. You have to design the culture that you want. And I believe the design process should include everyone. So it starts with leaders with direction and what we call innovation goals and where do we want the organization to be through innovation. And then you have to start to engage. What Dan and I do is we'll flow down an organization and create different iterations and then flow back up the organization. So we might start with like transformation strategy around culture that's that's drafted by the senior team. And then we'll go down the organization through management and out to people and, and then back up. We're not engaging every employee but we're really sense checking across the organization, whether it makes sense, whether the narrative's right, whether the context is right. So the answer to that question is, I think you have to engage multiple levels through an organization. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is culture is a discipline, like engineering is a discipline and science is a discipline. Culture yeah. is a discipline and, and and have to recognize that. And that means you have to, as you said, you have to know where you are and you have to be honest, which I think is a real struggle Yeah, because uh, nobody wants to focus on things that maybe aren't the best or a no. lot of people know it, but you tend to want to, you see it as a personal failure if you're a leader and, and somebody's saying, well, the culture here is not, not right. You, you said a lot of stuff to unpack there. And then yeah. once you've figured it out, you know, then, then to- to design it. I like that word. Do you actually design a culture? Um, that's just fascinating to me, Chris. Yeah, well, I think I think the key word is is intent, is being really intentional mm-hmm. about the culture you, you want. I mean, 
I've sat in so many boardrooms where there's just a sense that the culture, <laughs> right, the right culture <laughs> will just will just naturally evolve, right? Yeah, because we're yeah. not a bad organization. We don't do anything particularly bad. Right. The culture that we've got is okay. And then there's yeah. a sense that, well, it's okay. You know, why yeah. would we want to you like be intentional about designing different parts of that? And then I'll give you a, a real classic from a client last week. And we're talking about this subject being really intentional about, about designing how you want people to behave, you know, what things you want people to value, the rituals that, that, that you bring alive on a day to day basis, really sometimes small mm-hmm. things, but sometimes significant. Yeah. And I've got this one of the board members there last week saying, and this is in the room with employees in as well, saying, well, I don't think we need to increase resources for innovation. We as a business are really serious about innovation. Then our people will just do it. And I'm thinking, right, so we've just finished a program where everyone's put probably 20% of their time in for the past three months. And the signal that we're now saying is, if we want innovation, then we need to do more of that. But you guys will just fit it in, won't you? Yeah. Like, so, so what he's basically saying is, I, w- I now want everyone to work 120%. Yeah. Talk about killing culture fast. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's just those, those small things, you know, which we need to be more intentional about. Right. About subconsciously the messages that we send out and then consciously the messages that we should send out and how we design those messages and on the road to designing the culture that we want. Yeah, I mean, words matter. And a lot of times comments like that, that was made by that person aren't even, they may even mean something different, but once they've said it, you can't undo it. You can't unhear it. I've yeah. seen many times where an innocent, you know, certainly meant something different, but the way it was taken, well, yeah. it's really hard yeah. to overcome a mistake like that, isn't it? Yeah. And here's the thing about culture. And certainly designing, you know, designing and planning out the culture that you want. Yeah. The challenge with it is there's no instant gratification right. with cultural <laughs> design. So, yeah. so yeah. it's a really hard thing for senior teams to swallow to go, yeah, but guys, this this thing sounds really complicated and it's gonna take a long time. Yeah. And my answer is, so give me an alternative. <laughs> because because it's not simple. And you can't achieve what you want to achieve quickly. Yeah. So you have you just have to take it for what it is. You're changing the fabric of an organization. Um, and that will take time to redesign and it will take time to transition. Yeah. But yeah. the benefits far outweigh the time lag and the effort. Um, versus not doing anything and then in two years saying, guys, we're struggling to operate in the world we find ourselves in because we're just not quick enough. We're not fast enough. We're not creative enough. Yeah, and yeah. we're absolutely failing on the war on talent. Our, we've got really poor retention. We can't, you know, we can't attract the next generation of new talent. Right. So I'll, I'll finish sort of that bit with designing organizational culture and innovation isn't rocket science. Okay. It's just it's just hard work. Okay. Right? Yeah. It's not complex, it's not complicated. 
it's just hard work and it and it takes time, which is why you have to design it because you can't expect it just to unfold, happen naturally. Yeah. I think going back to the start of the conversation, I think what a lot of senior teams that, that I've worked with have expected is that when they look at the system and they say, the system we use is strategy, processes, governance, leadership, and culture. Lots of other people, we use variations on that. But but using that as an example, I think what has happened is senior execs, leaders, CEOs, senior teams have presumed, maybe the presumption was the external verbalization of this, but subconsciously it's more hope but i think <laughs> they've they've presumed that well if we do the strategy and we put the tools in place and we've got governance that will shift us that will get us the culture right, that we want right correct and i think it's that realization that it actually hasn't driven the cultural change and um, that we really wanted and i think the thing they miss is that the other part of that system is them themselves is the leadership yeah, sure sure yeah sure you know, sometimes we've seen plenty of examples where a new leader comes in and is able to really improve the culture or sometimes, you know, tear down the culture. I just can't imagine. I'm not there. I don't know. I'm not an insider, but certainly we would say that the culture inside of Twitter is dramatically changing one way or the other, right? On a day to day, on an hourly basis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, there's an example of culture change really, really fast, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. But I think most of us are not in that situation. We're in a situation where it's a little more stable and Mm. it's, you're right. So it's, it's going to take some time. I still love this word, design it, because if you don't design anything, you're never going to, you're never going to go anywhere. Uh, But I think the tricky part would be to know, are we making progress or have we arrived, right? Yeah, I think that's tricky to measure, isn't it? Well, to some extent, I mean, we, we're we one of the pioneers of, of measuring things like that. So out, Outcome as a, as a company is well-known globally for helping corporates measure innovation maturity. So, you know, you can, there are indicators. You can measure a shift in capability. You can measure a shift in perception of innovation. You can measure, you know, whether people in an organization um, how they rate, whether their leadership and their management teams, you know, um, help build culture on a day-to-day basis, whether yeah. they do provide the right things, tools and resources for innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, is the company, has it got a really clear strategy? There's lots and lots of things yeah. that we measure in the model that we use where you can say, well, we scored this in 2019. Two years later, we've now, you know, we've gone from a, 2.2 to a 2.78 and and at a granular level by question we've demonstrably changed the answer to that question and we've changed the answer to that question yeah. that one hasn't changed so much so there's more work to do there yeah. so you can measure it yeah you can great measure it. great great so, so chris when you engage and uh, let's say let's just stay on culture for a minute sure. when you engage and you're you're brought in to help a company that wants to improve its culture, its innovation culture. I'm sure you go through a whole step of things, but are we talking, does it take uh, six months, three months, two weeks? What's an engagement look like and how do you approach it? 12 months. 12 months. Yeah. It's, Just not, it's, not, to- it's, not, it's not a two or three month yeah. thing. Yeah. 
you know, it's two or three months to get to a point where we've designed what we call the future state. So you've okay. got current state and future state. Okay. You've got to really intentionally design that. Want to engage with multiple people through the business in that yeah. design process. And that's really important when you get down to that middle layer. Because again, those middle managers, the, the the department heads, team champions, supervisors, they're the people that are going to be asked to implement and to bring right. this stuff yeah. alive. So yeah. so engaging with them and them being part of the design process is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then chronologically, there are things that you would want to do in a certain order. So, you know, being really clear – my last book that you mentioned earlier map, maps this out, being really clear on strategy, what's the future of the organization look like. And the second thing I would then do is then really engage the senior team in order to get them to the point where they can, the language uses is lead for innovation. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe in, yes. in I don't believe in make in creating innovation leaders because them themselves probably won't be the innovators but leading for innovation, semantics, but I think it's really important. So leadership coaching, teaching them how to communicate, how do they, how do they own the innovation agenda? And then you would migrate into upskilling teams, or create new processes, product lifecycle, and yeah. you know, frameworks, tools, all that kind of thing. And then and then you sort of go into the latter stage, which is communication engagement of the whole organization um, and then the final stages we talk about in the book then are then the longer term piece of work is then changing the fab i call the fabric of the organization so hr policies annual appraisal frameworks leadership yes, frameworks right right all all of those things like how do we onboard new people now if innovation's a core part of the organization what does recruitment and onboarding look mm -hmm. like that's the stuff the final chapter is then called making it stick. And yeah. that's the stuff that really makes it stick um, yeah. because you've then altered how the company behaves. So there's just, there's some chronological, there's a, there's a chronology to, to the, the method. Yeah. Yeah. And when you and I were, were talking before the show, um, exchanging a few emails, we were talking that, you know, leadership and culture can, can overcome a lot of challenges. So if you have process, you have tooling, you have methodologies, those those are good when things for the things we expect. But when something happens we don't expect, right? All you've got yeah. is leadership and culture and that's what's going to see you through through those periods. Yeah, I, th I think this I think there's two sides to that actually. One of the things that we do believe in so every time Dan and I talk to a new client, we always we talk about we have four key principles. That, that underpin everything we've seen and everything we do. And one of those yeah. principles is culture follows process. So when we're talking about the core innovation capability, then we believe, firmly believe that the culture you want and need needs to follow the process you want to use. Absolutely. Um, but the second part to that is then, but that's the known part, right? So yeah. we've got we've we've spotted an opportunity, we've spun a, an innovation team up, we've now got the process, the cadence for meetings, the frameworks, 
We know who the venture board is. We know what our product lifecycle is. We know what questions we've got to ask, all of those things. That process, you know, done right, that can just kick in and be really fluid and seamless. Then when the proverbial hits the fan, that process is useless. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's when really, really strong leadership that's able to help people navigate choppy waters or uncertainty who who are very very good communicators that that's when leadership kicks in and when culture kicks in aligned to that is where that culture has been taught to be resilient and has also been taught about failure and risk and and uncertainty and 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 is a culture where um risks are taken but teams and individuals are coached on how to bounce back from failure yeah behavior and attributes like that that they all allow you to navigate uncertainty much much better um and for for me that's where the whole notion of the intrapreneur comes in. Not necessarily the entrepreneur who's going to design, you know, a groundbreaking product and, right. you know, and then and spin out and spin in, but, but entrepreneurship in terms of we're okay with the uncertainty that we're facing. We'll figure it out. Collectively, we're very clever. We're agile. We're, we've been taught how to respond and we will respond to whatever you know is 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 ahead of us and we'll get through it there you go that more entrepreneurial spirit if you like that that for me is what carries carries people through so that's when leadership and culture really come into their own i think wow what a great way to bring all that together and we're just thinking of all the disruptions we've all had and and will have in the future so it just it all resonates for me yeah well chris it's yeah. been a lot of fun any thoughts, things you said, oh, we should have talked about this? Any last minute things you want to throw in? Uh, no, I just, I think there's some real core things and everyone hears about them. I've just done a, I've just finished a series of masterclasses for a client and the four masterclasses for all of their global leadership team were all around these things. So the first one was the importance of culture for innovation. And that one had some really key things, growth mindset, purpose, which I think is something still not very well done in organizations, communication and collaboration. I think there's four, if you just take four, there's four really, really key things there. And then the second one I did was growth mindset for for Mm -hmm. leaders, I think. Even just the basics of growth mindset for senior people is something to for them just to read about, research about, look it up. Even if you don't fully embrace it, just researching the topic and the things yeah. that you'll pick up, I think is just Fascinating. really key. The third one was psychological safety, radical candor. And again, absolutely crucial if you want innovation, if you want people to take risk, sometimes fail. And the reality is we do want them to fail. We want them to fail a lot. How they bounce back, how candid and frank the the feedback can be both ways between leader and 
non-managerial employee or manager. So, you know, bi-directional feedback, really frank and honest. And then the fourth one was culture by design, was how do we take all that and then design the culture that we want and need in order to put innovation at the center of what we do? And I just think, just think about those four titles, the importance of culture for innovation in the context of that system, growth mindset, collaboration, purpose, and communication, psychological safety, especially leaders really understanding how to build psychological, psychologically safe environments, and then be really, really intentional about the culture that you want and intentional about how you go about and design it rather than expecting it to miraculously materialize. (laughs) So be really intentional about, about designing the culture you want, like go after it and pursue it, design it and and build it. Just simple overarching sort of macro topics, I think are important. Fascinating. Really great, Chris. If somebody wants to follow you, engage with you, What's what's the best way to kind of keep track and, and get involved? That's very kind of you. I'm easily found on LinkedIn. There's no yeah. H in my name, so it's C-R-I-S. Yeah. That um, eliminates you from everybody else, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Or you can have a look at weareoutcome.co, weareoutcome.co. If anyone wants to email, if anyone says that thing Chris said, that was really interesting, I want to know more. Chris, C-R-I-S, so Chris at weareoutcome.co. Feel free yeah. to email and I can provide some more depth Excellent. and fidelity on some of the things we've talked about. It'd be my pleasure. Excellent. Excellent. We have, we'll put all those in the show notes too. So, so Perfect. Somebody's listening and driving in their car. Don't worry. <laughs> when you get home, look down at your app. Yeah. The show notes. It'll all be don't there. Don't be trying to text while you're in there. Don't do that. <laughs> right. Well, Chris, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure talking to you. The time just just flies by. I just love what you're doing. Really think it's critically important and wish you just all the best of success with it. And Thanks for stopping by and, and I hope you come by again. My pleasure, Paul. It's, uh, it's always, I always get excited when I get the email saying, hey, Chris, let's jump on a thing and just <laughs> chat some more. Yeah. So no, I, I appreciate the invite. Good. Thank you. And we'll be in touch. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Have a great week ahead. Do contact Chris if you've got any interest at all. Grab his book, watch the website, just just read about some of these things. Go back and listen to the couple of podcasts he and I did uh, some while ago, all full of good information about culture. You want culture? He's, he's the guy to talk to. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.